0: the teaching ministry of Judah Olorimai, a man called of God to compel consecration, provoke repentance, and inspire worship by the preaching and teaching of God's word, and the miraculous demonstration of God's power. God's word is about to hit you as light and strength. Get ready for an encounter with grace. Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1 to 6 our text. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Everybody say things. Say louder, things. For by it the elders obtained a good report. Through faith we understand that the words were framed by the word of God, so that things. Everybody say things which are seen, were not made of things which do appear. By faith offered unto God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, by which he obtained witness that he was righteous, not just of his gifts, and by it he being dead, yet speaketh. By faith Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found, because God had translated him. For before his translation he had this testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that commits to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder. Everybody a rewarder. Of them that diligently seek him. I want to teach and explain the concept of faith for healing and faith for finances. Faith for healing and finances. I'll merge two of them together, even though I think that the conversation will be mostly concerning healing based on the time that is allotted to our schedule for today. Holy Spirit, as we look into the perfect law of liberty, we receive the transformation that is due us in the name of Jesus. Let our bodies and our finances be recipients of your grace and of your generosity. In Jesus' name we pray. Now, we've established in previous teachings how faith is fundamentally a relationship with God. And a relationship that is faithful, that is loyal, that is steadfast, that is committed. A relationship that is strong and solid. That's what faith is. And all the heroes of faith that we read about in Hebrews chapter 11 are not just renowned for what they received from God, but how well they related with God. However, the faith conversation cannot stop there because of the kind of God we serve. The kind of God we serve, the kind of God we have, the kind of God we know, is a very gracious and generous God. Very liberal in His giftings. And so, we cannot stop the faith conversation at the point where we just relate with God. That would not be a complete picture. Let me ask you a question. If your best friend is... Um, Mark Zuckerberg, for instance. is quite a wealthy person. Mark Zuckerberg. And then, you don't have school fees to pay. And your best friend is Mark Zuckerberg. What will your other friends think? They would think that you are a liar. You see that Mark gave you the money you want to use to gamble. Or you and Mark have no relationship. Because you cannot be in a relationship with Mark. And you are deficient of seventy-five thousand naira, naira, it will not add up. Do you understand what we are saying? You cannot be in a relationship and a healthy relationship with a generous God and not talk about the issue of things, needs, material gifts, rewards. It's not possible. It's not possible. You cannot be in a relationship with God. And the conversation of the goodness of God, the goodness of God, the blessings of God will not come into the equation. It's not possible. Because of the kind of God that we serve, the faith discussion must certainly include good things that we receive from God. How can I claim to be a child of God and then there is nothing I have received and when I say nothing, somebody says, well, I've received salvation. Yes, we've received salvation, and that's a big deal. But it can't stop there. Salvation is relationship with God. So after relationship, all I received is relationship, nothing. Imagine being in a relationship with a very nice guy. A nice guy. And then when they ask you, has he ever given you anything? You say, well, don't worry, he has given me himself. Huh? And you have a relationship with him? You say, yes, he's my spouse. He has given me himself. In fact, he has given me his son name. Has he ever given you anything? You say, No, you has not given me anything, but well, it's enough. Hey. Hey. We we'll begin to say this relationship is on the K leg. So by the time the conversation unfolds in Hebrews chapter 11, we we'll begin to mention things. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things. So you cannot say, Well, I've received salvation. That's okay for me. I have Jesus. There are things you must also collect. Are you listening to me? Don't allow the mentality that... It is, is, is the mentality of the brother of the prodigal son. The, the brother of the prodigal son was comfortable with being a child. I'm a child of a rich man, a wealthy man. Alright, I have his son name. I have his reputation. I have, you know, access to him. But, in his lifetime, he never asked for a bit. But his other brother was not like that. I want to say... Baba, you rich, give me something. Say, so if you are rich, give me my inheritance. Give me what is due. And in the day he asked, the father did not say, eh, uh, wait now. Mm, take, because I have enough. I have too much to be managing. Are you listening to me? Yes, and then the day the boy spent everything and came back, and the brother was angry. The father said, All I have is dying. You have never, you, you are just comfortable with, uh, at least I'm hearing your name, at least you're my daddy. But you have never gotten to the level where you begin to say, I want to collect something. As per se, I'll be your picking. That's not a healthy place to be. And many good Christians are in that place. That brother of the prodigal son, I believe he was a very faithful boy. He's a very good boy. He works hard. He keeps his father's commandments, but he never asks for anything. Listen to me. You not asking things from God is an attempt to put God in a bad name, to give God a bad reputation. You are trying to paint a picture of God who is stingy, who just wants to use you, use you, use you, who has nothing good to offer. That's not God. Everybody say that's not God. When Jesus was on the earth, he was distributing goodness. Everywhere he went, he was doing good. He was giving people things. He was giving people beautiful situations. He was decorating people's lives. How do you now say that that same God, you are just comfortable with being under him, you don't want to collect anything, no, that's why the conversation of faith begins to unfold. It's a substance of things up for the evidence of things. Not yet. And then in Hebrews eleven six, he says, Without faith it is impossible to please God. He that comes to God must believe that He is. Now we believe that He is. Afterwards, look at the next statement that is a rewarder. You, if you are believing in God, does not include the rewards of God, you have not believed well. Are you listening to me? Yeah. I believe God is great. I believe God is powerful. But if in your belief, you don't put into consideration the generosity of God that he rewards, he gives. And he gives, plenty, plenty. Then your belief about God is not healthy. That young that brother of the podcast son had a negative, he had a very twisted belief. He believed his father was a good man. So he was there under him. I believe the father was a righteous man. Everything the father asked him to do. But he never asked for anything. He never said, Please give me one rabbit. I want to do bed there. Rabbit, give me rabbits. So he was very surprised when the other brother came and then the fat calf was, was killed and there was party and celebration. He was embarrassed. Don't get to a point where you, you will not get to heaven. And then God will say, Why didn't you ask for guru, guru and epa in your lifetime? You say, I was busy serving you. Jesus says, Ask that your job will be full. Is that not so? Are we still together? He says, Even though you have not asked me anything, ask that your job. So there is a point where your faith begins to obtain things. You must move your faith beyond just relationship with God to obtaining the goodness that should flow from that relationship. You cannot claim to be in a vital Healthy relationship with a generous God, and then you have nothing to show for it. It does not add up. We are not serving God for the things we will get, but it is just automatic. My wife cannot be my wife and then still be deprived of certain things of life. My wife will not be thinking of what she will eat. Why is she my wife? The Bible says he that cannot take care of his household is worse than an infidel. Are you listening to me? That's woman level, woman standard. How much more God? How can Perez be my son? And then he's thinking about, oh, let's see Pampas to where? We'll, and he's my son. I should close my Bible and quit ministry. I have no, I have no call. Are you listening to me? Now that's woman's standards. How much more God? So to say, I'm in a relationship with God and I'm okay. I just want to go to heaven. I just love Jesus. No, no. That's not a healthy relationship. That's why we're having this conversation in this direction. Second Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 8. We know the grace of God. And although he was poor, yet for our sake he became rich. That he through his poverty, sorry, Second Corinthians chapter eight and verse nine. Sorry, just swap, swap the the numbers. Second Corinthians chapter eight, and verse nine. All right? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody say grace. grace. This God that you are in a relationship with is full of grace. Grace is not just a religious cliche. Grace means supernatural ability and divine provisions grace refers to the goodness of god the generosity of god so we know the generosity of our lord jesus christ how can i come into relationship with this jesus christ and i will have no goodies to show off it's not proper now what is your relationship with jesus if i may ask you Just give me any, There are many answers, but just give me one that you feel is the closest or the most intimate. Father, no, not really, not really, eh, that's, not, that's not the closest, that's not the closest. Savior is not the closest, but let me explain why I mean by it's not the closest. Friend is not the closest. Lover is a general statement, I want something that is specific and is in scriptures. What? What? Provide no, I can provide for you and not be close to you. I can give you pride. We are his bride. Hello, that's the closest now. Ah, you say, Father, there are some things that parents cannot know. It's my son, but he cannot know. It's only my father that knows. Are you listening to me? You say provider. Ah, I can meet a stranger and give him money. I provide for his needs. That's, that's not. That's not the height of intimacy. The height of intimacy is that we are in like a marital relationship. Okay, you have parents now. They are. You know that some of you they don't want to go anywhere when you enter the bedroom of your papa. The bedroom. What you do for that, that? little bed is like an altar. You cannot even go and say Oveng Joko sacred bed. You can't try it. But his wife, are you listening to me? So you are, the, you are in the most intimate relationship with God. And so the grace of God, the grace of Jesus, is supposed to rub off on you. You can't just say, oh, well, we share the same name. I mean, you are partaking of a divine nature. No, that's what I'm trying to give an example. If my wife is indeed married to me, there are some things she cannot lack. She's my wife. And she did not marry me because of those things. Are you listening to me? Yeah. But it is just automatic that because she's married to me. Ah well, it just comes with the, it comes with the relationship. It comes with the pocket. So because we have a gracious, generous God, the goodness, the bounties, the blessings that should follow that relationship is simply automatic or should it? should be automatic in our lives. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8, let me show the grace and faith connection here. We have 8-9 of 2 Corinthians, but in Ephesians 2, it says, For by grace are you saved. Everybody say, by grace. So, it says, by grace are you saved. Through faith. So, faith is to obtain and experience grace. One of the essence of faith is to obtain and experience grace. There is the grace of Jesus that saves. There is the grace of Jesus that provides. There is the grace of Jesus that protects. And it is by faith we have access to this, every kind of grace. In Second Corinthians 9, 8, he talks about God is able to make all grace abound. So there is the concept of all grace. There are various dimensions of grace. It's not just grace that saves. You cannot just say, I just want to go to, to heaven. I've been saved. No. There are other goodies. I just want to be the bride of Christ. And once I have that, I'm comfortable. There are other goodies. And it's all called grace. And it is by faith that we have access to. Are we still together? Alright, now, there are two major expressions of the grace of God that is very consistent in scripture, which I want to zero in on tonight, which is health and wealth, or you can say healing and provision let me begin this conversation by talking about the controversy of the prosperity gospel how many of you have heard that statement before prosperity gospel prosperity preacher there is something called materialism it is an extreme belief system that idolizes money and tries to make the entire concept of godliness about money That's what Paul was rebuking in 1 Timothy 6. He says some people think that um, godliness is gain. In other words, the whole idea of godliness is to make profits, to make money. But he says godliness with contentment is great gain. Because the love of money is the root of all evil, 1 Timothy 6.10. Okay? Now, the point I'm making here is this. There is an extreme theology or an extreme doctrine of materialism where people are just... Coming to church for the money they will get, serving Jesus for the money they will get. They are trying to make money from godliness. That's one extreme. The second extreme is to now suggest that when you come into the Christian faith, there is nothing good to receive. You should ask for nothing. You have received the greatest gift of salvation. You should not ask for anything again. Just be preparing to go to heaven. Be preparing to go to heaven. That's another dangerous extreme. Are we following? Don't fall for both extremes, because some of the accusations against the so-called prosperity gospel, prosperity message, by the time we begin to analyze, we can say that Jesus was a prosperity preacher. If somebody claims that in the treasure house of God, the only thing that is offered is salvation, that means Jesus was a prosperity preacher. because. All Jesus offered was not just salvation. He offered more than salvation. Or let me say, he offered full salvation. Not just salvation of the spirit. So when Jesus preached the gospel, and 5,000 men were hungry, he didn't say, ah-ah, uh-huh. you did not come to the kingdom for bread and fish. He gave them bread and fish. Is that not so? Yes, but when he noticed they were coming to him just for bread and fish, he said, no, labor not for the meat that perishes. Do you understand now? But to I say, no, the I'm offering is what? What? And I have no interest in feeding your stomach. I have no interest in your health and in your well-being. I have no interest in you having enough to cater for your family. That's an extreme. That's not Jesus. That's not Jesus. So, by the accusations that many people now accuse some preachers of, because some people say things like, if you preach about God wanting to bless his people, you are a prosperity preacher. Well, maybe Jesus was a prosperity preacher. If you preach about the fact that Jesus wants to heal people, you're a prosperity preacher. Well, Jesus was the first prosperity preacher then. Because Jesus didn't just speak about healing. He healed people. He didn't just say, know just get to heaven. When you get to heaven, your leg will be replaced. Your eye will be replaced. He healed people. Are you following me tonight? So don't fall to those extremes, please. God wants you healthy and God wants you well, God wants you prosperous, God will prefer that you have enough to share, you have enough to give to others. God does not like it, every time it's offering time, you have to go to the bedroom. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. I did it when I was growing up. When it's stand to offer, I would say I want, to, I want to go to, that's when I want to go to the restroom. Because I don't have money to give. You think, you, think, you, think, you think God wanted me like that? That's not how God wants you. That's not how God wants you. God wants that. Every time they say, there's a need to meet the financial need, you say, yes, I want to to participate. Because you have enough, not just for yourself, but to distribute. Are you listening to me? So, there is a so-called prosperity gospel that refers to materialism. But it must be accurately, I mean, explained, so that we don't assume God is only interested in our life after the world. God is interested in every second, every minute that you spend on the earth. And I know this because from the first man and woman that we created, you see that they had abundance. You see that they were healthy. God did not create Adam with one leg. God did not create Adam and give him typhoid fever inside and say, it's your cross, so that he can be a strong man. That's not God. God didn't do that. Sickness was never part of the plan. Property was never part of the plan. Never. And it will never be part of the plan. It will never be. If that is the original blueprint, then we should understand that that's God's will. Are you listening to me tonight? Alright, let let, let me begin to zero in on the main emphasis. Let's talk about faith for healing, which is the first thing I want to have a conversation about, and then we'll progress to faith for finances. Jesus demonstrated and established the truth that God is willing and able to heal. If God wants all men to be saved, he also wants all men to be healed. And that's why in scriptures, sometimes and many times, you see that healing and forgiveness of sins are used in the same verses, in the same breath. For instance, in Psalm 103, I think, and verse 3, look at what it says here. Psalm one oh three and verse three. Speaking about God, He forgives all your iniquities, and what's the next statement? So the same God who forgives iniquities also heals diseases. You cannot now say, God wants to forgive iniquity. But healing diseases sometimes, you know they like Duam. No, it does not make any meaning. And that's what Jesus was demonstrating in his ministry. Every time he met somebody who had an iniquity problem, he offered forgiveness. Any time he met somebody who had a sickness or disease problem, he offered healing. Because same, no, only. one is the salvation of the spirit, the other is the salvation of the body. It's the same, it's the same ministry. God has a salvation ministry. Whether it is the mind that needs salvation, whether it is the body that needs salvation, whether it is the spirit that needs salvation, anywhere God sees a chance to save, he takes it. He takes the chance immediately. Immediately, he takes the chance. So, sickness should be fundamentally treated as something that the devil does, something that the devil works, something that the devil orchestrates. According to Acts chapter 10 and verse 38, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Ghost and power. And he went about healing all that we oppressed of the devil. Healing all that we oppressed of the devil. Who oppressed? Yeah. Who, op- who oppressed? Yeah. What does he use to oppress? Sickness. Because it says healing all that we oppressed of the devil. He also uses poverty. Hmm. Sickness is an oppressing tool or oppression, oppression tool of the devil. That's how we proceeds. We must fight sickness the way we fight sin. Yes. You must resist and reject sickness the same way you resist and reject sin. Because it is clearly not from God. We notice in Isaiah chapter 53 that some of the dealings of God upon Jesus for our sake was not just for spiritual salvation... In verse 3 of Isaiah chapter 53, it says he was, or rather he is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we eat as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded. Everybody say wounded. What's the next statement? For our transgressions. So you see, sin, iniquity. Jesus was wounded for that purpose. Is that not so? He was bruised for what? So transgression, iniquity, bruising and wounding. The bruising and wounding that Jesus went through was for our iniquities and transgressions. But let's continue. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are what? So, healing, peace, and the forgiveness of transgression and iniquity was dealt with by the wounds, by the bruises, and by the stripes and the sufferings of Jesus. All of them are in the same bracket. You cannot say, oh, he suffered just for my transgression and iniquities. That's where it ends, you know. According to the scriptures, all that suffering was also for our healing. Some people have used this verse of scriptures to teach that it's talking about spiritual healing. And yes, there's something called spiritual healing. <laughs> but this particular verse of scriptures was quoted, I think in Matthew chapter 8, by Matthew, to emphasize the healing ministry of Jesus. And in that, please look for that scripture for me, P.R.U. This verse of scripture was quoted, I think, in Matthew 8, to emphasize the healing ministry of Jesus. And the healing he was talking about in Matthew 8 was not spiritual healing. It was physical, bodily healing. 8.17, P.R.U. That it might be fulfilled which was spoken. Now, go to verse 16. Let's hope we can understand the conversation. When the evening was come, they brought unto him many that were possessed with devils, and he cast out the spirits with his word, and healed all that we seek. When he said he healed all that we seek, was it spiritual or physical healing? Was it spiritual or physical healing? So let's look at now how the writer, has inspired by the Holy Ghost, now linked the scriptures. Verse 17. That it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities, And bear our sickness. Is that verse 18? Okay. So, this was referencing Jesus' ministry and it was part of his Messianic suffering package. I'm not sure we've ever read that. uh, um. Okay, let's just read verse 5 again into verse 7. But he was wounded for our transgression. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. You have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord had laid on him the iniquity of us all. Everybody say the iniquity of us all. Iniquity. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter. And as a sheep before Asherah is dumb. So he opened not his mouth he was taken from prison and from judgment and we shall declare his generation for he was cut out or cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken so all the sins all the iniquities of the people was put on jesus but it was not just for spiritual healing it was also for physical healing is that clear now Once again, if sickness is God's will, there will be sickness in heaven. How we know sickness is not God's will, any kind, whether small headache, whether incurable sickness, any kind of sickness, how we know it's not God's will, is that the man that was created first did not have any of that, and in heaven there is going to be no sickness. Okay, now I want to address address this in a very practical approach, so let me say a few sensitive things here. Please listen very carefully. And very closely. There is nothing wrong or sinful about using medication, drugs. There's nothing wrong with visiting a doctor. How many of you are medical students here? Okay, if you're a doctor here, raise your hand also. Doctor, 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 doctor. So we have doctors here of medical students. And some of you may feel somehow, every time they are talking about use your feet, don't go to the clinic may feel that this is for, that disturbing our customers now here i go, make them come clinic now make me see something in the job right. <laughs> i when i was growing up i wanted to be a doctor when i couldn't be a doctor anymore because jam jumped me i said i was going to have an hospital i, I see the dream i will have a free hospital so I, um of course after so many years or after some years of knowing the lord i still have that dream of having a hospital It's not everybody that supernatural healing will be able to take care of. Or it's not everybody that will get healed by the healing anointing or by faith. So I'm establishing here that there's nothing wrong or sinful with taking medication. Doctors are not enemies of Christians' health. In fact, one of the ways that missionaries established um, churches in Africa was to build hospitals and schools. And it was very cheap to an extent and, schools. and so many of them came to the gospel not just because they heard the message about jesus but they received free treatment are we still together yes, paul also recommended certain um practices that were not necessarily supernatural for somebody like timothy to work in health he told timothy take not only water but take a little wine the word little wine there may suggest abs or Abu. He says, because of your orphan infirmities. So he suggests two things. Either Timothy was often falling sick. Or Timothy, because he was not eating well and drinking well, was having ulcer issues. Are we still together? Yes. Because he was fasting and fasting and fasting. So Paul says, Emma Emma wine. This does not mean you can buy aromatic shenap tomorrow and say, take a little wine for your orphan infirmities is just saying that Paul did not recommend a supernatural solution to Timothy's sickness. Is that not clear? He recommended a natural solution, which can be like medication. Are we still together? So no sin in taking medication. However, many Christians and too many have made an idol out of medication. I can say that emphatically. Earlier in the year, My ear was, no, it was earlier this year or late last year. My ear was blocked. My left ear, I could not hear properly. It happens most times I fast. If I fast, my ear will be blocked. I would hardly hear anything. So, I prayed and I didn't get any progress. I acted in faith, I didn't get any progress. And then I tried to do sudden self-medication. I felt, okay, maybe it's wax that is there, so let's just... Um, I, I used, um, what was that stuff about? Peroxide, something like that, and just to melt the wax. It not no-go, like a mountain. Stay there. <laughs> so I went to the clinic. Now, notice the sequence. I exhausted every other option before I went to the clinic. I first exhausted spiritual option. I exhausted that. When it was not working. When it was not working, I now went into the nat- the medication solution. Are we clear on that? Yes, sir. When I got there, the doctor was ah Pastor It was whining me. He said, ah pastor, you know what You know speaking tongue when it didn't come out. I said, I ah, don't try, you know this is no great so, so you look at that yeah, same problem. He said there were about seven people lined up, the same problem. The same problem, I said, yeah, same problem. Okay. <laughs> and I already saw the way they were doing the other people. They would put something. Yeah, yeah. I said, Hey, me with all my anointing, I go drop my head like this. The man would do like this. And I saw the kind of thing they were removing from his ear. I said, Hey, yeah. So this thing too come out from my ear. Man my was even very big. It was a lot of wax and stored up there and they had to remove it so i'm telling you that i've also gone through my own medication encounters are we together but you can make an idol out of medication and even the medical profession they say things like we treat something what do they say now we care care and god heals but many christians don't believe that many christians believe that god cares and doctors heal yeah, that's that's the way many Christians think. That God no more care or go on, that drug will heal you. God will care for you. <laughs> and out of his care he designed the drug. It's the drug that will heal you. That's how many Christians think. Even doctors don't think like that. Even nurses don't think like that. Many Christians have made an idol out of medication. And there's a sad story in Second Chronicles sixteen and verse twelve. I'd like you to see and learn from this story. Now, this story is not advocating against medication, but against making an idol out of physicians. And Asa, in the 39th and ninth year of his reign, was diseased in his feet, until his disease was exceeding great. Yet, in his disease, he sought not the Lord, but to the physicians. Anasa slept with his father. He two more slept. And, uh, in the one and fortieth year of his reign. So his sickness lasted for two years. Everybody say two years. years. And in two years, he didn't even think about it. Only two years. He only consulted the physicians. He had idolized. Now, it, 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 it occurred to me that probably the physicians were the best in the world at that time. They were the best of the best of surgeons and doctors. So, he must have... Told him, I don't need any prophet prayer. I don't need any prayer. Two years he was sick. And the Bible says he grew worse. As did not consult the prophet. As did not ask for prayer. As did not call the priest. I said, what is God saying? He did not. He made an idol out of medication. It is possible to make an idol. And in some of these things, we did them unconsciously. Because many times... <laughs> your idol is who you believe the most are you listening to me yes, sir. your idol is not who you believe your idol is who you believe the most i believe in god i believe ah, god you can hear ah, yes now ah, yes but believe the most <laughs> that's the issue now are we getting this here yes, sir. so Every Christian should trust God first, most, for the well-being of their bodies. The same way you trust God the most for the well-being of your spirit, you are sure that you won't go to hellfire because you believe in Jesus. You should also trust God the most for the well-being of your body. And I will show you signs that suggest if that is not actually what you are practicing. Don't put your trust, or don't have more faith in medication and doctors than you have faith in God. And when I say faith in God, I'm not talking about faith in existence. Because everybody can say, I have faith in God. He that comes to God must believe that He is, but that He is also a rewarder of them that diligently seek Him. I know you believe that God exists, and that's okay. That's great. But that's not enough. You must say, he, beyond me just believing that God is, God is a reward. And one of the rewards He gives is good health, He gives healing. We saw that in the ministry of Jesus. Okay? Now, some Christians actually have faith in God's ability to heal but only to heal through medications. That's another problem. Some of you don't believe that God can heal without medication. They say even drugs, it's God that is using it. Even doctors, they are just messengers of God too. Nobody sent and send doctor now. now. God, they use doctor. Now, if you believe that God can use doctor, you should also believe that God can use prayer. You should believe that God can use pastor. You should believe that God can use the anointing. Why do you believe the only doctor that I can go You have made an idol like that. See, I'm going to trust to buy. It's God though. I'm trusting God. Now, if the only time, the only place you resort to for medical or for health, well-being and welfare is medication and the doctor, you have more faith in them than you have in God. I'm not saying if you go to them once in a while. If that's the only place you go to. If scriptures like James chapter 5 never applies to you, if any man is sick, let him come for the elders, let them anoint him with oil, and let them pray for him, and the prayer of faith shall save the sick. If that never comes to your mind, you have made an idol out of medication. And many of us are guilty. Most times it is for fear. What if I can die? Most times it's fear that causes it. Are you listening to me? Yes, sir. Okay. I know you are quite tired. Several of you are really very sleepy, but help yourself, help yourself, this conversation is going to be very useful, not because you are sick, but because subsequently you will have to learn how to walk in supernatural health, not just supernatural healing, supernatural health. Because, yes, there are medications, but it's not everything that answers to medication. Are you listening to me? Yes, Incurable diseases will not be our portion, but I'm just establishing establish a point here. It's not everything that the medics have solutions for. You cannot be waiting till you have an incurable disease before you learn on the principle of faith for healing. You can't. It to too late by then. It will be too late. It is from headache, fever, cough that you must learn and practice these things. It's from small, small things. By the way, Jesus cured fever. The only sickness that he cured amongst the apostles, as documented, was the mother of Peter. And it was fever. The say she was sick with fever. And Jesus does not say fever. Her, if he lets, I feel Jesus touched her and she'll be healed. Jesus does not say, ah, fever. Don't worry. Let her just take something. Jesus. So, anywhere Jesus saw sickness, whether I'm big or small, Jesus dealt with it. Do you understand me? So, don't say, I want to be exercising my faith for healing, but I don't have any big sickness. Start from the small sickness that you think you have. Do you understand me? All right. Now, in cultivating your faith for healing, your hearing of supernatural healing must be more than your hearing of medication or of healing by medication. Remember from last week, faith is ignited by hearing. Is that not what we said? You hear about what you are trusting God for. You hear. Now, if the only things you hear are people that got healed, when they visited the doctor that got healed, when they took a particular medicine, your faith for supernatural healing would not be too potent. Because your hearing is deficient. All you have heard about is somebody was sick. He prayed. When he prayed, he went to the doctor. The doctor tried his best. And the person was healed. We care and God heals. If you have never heard about somebody was sick and they prayed on their own, no physician was involved. I like testimonies where somebody comes and says, I want to thank God, I had a surgery, it was successful. Wonderful testimony. But it is also, it will be, a, in my opinion, a better testimony. Somebody says, I didn't have to do the surgery again. In fact, the doctors were saying, how did he disappear? What did you do? And then I told them, it was Jesus that he did me. And that's a, that's, a, that's a more glorious testimony. Are we agreeing on that? Glorious testimony. Tell said, say that. I think it was... A, Apostle <laughs> Roman, that was saying that somebody was healed. And then when they went to the hospital to do a test and they saw the, that the thing had left, they didn't say healing. They said the thing, the, the body cured itself or something. Because medic, medical practice does not believe in supernatural healing. So they cannot say Jesus, the report says that Jesus took away the disease. They will say the body cured the disease. But I believe that even the, the heart of the doctor will know that. This Jesus is true. He's the one that fixed this disease. So, I was saying, hear supernatural healing testimonies. And that's why reading your Bible is important. More than reading Facebook and Instagram. My wife knows that I don't like watching medical movies or medical series. Like um uh, what? Be loud, I can't hear you. Resident. The final one Grace I ah I don't like it. Because all I keep hearing are natural so your faith will be strong according to your hearing. What will happen is that you will shift your faith. To be more potent in natural medication than in supernatural solutions. That's what will happen. You have faith to, But your faith will be and um, God can use doctor. God can use medicine. That's what you believe. You will not believe that laying of hands can do anything. Can I see the doctor? That's what you're saying. You will never say, please can you pray for me? You will say, Can I see the doctor? Every time. Because that's what you're hearing. You will, your faith will always be in the direction of your hearing. There's no magic about it. And I'm not saying God cannot use doctors. God will use doctors. God has used doctors. God may use doctors. But what if it's something that the doctor cannot fix? And what happens to your faith? So you have to hear. One of the things you can do for your life, you know, is to read healing books, books about healing. Kenan Hagen and Andromack, Charles Caps, I mean, Casey Price, these people have had results in healings. One of the things that I'm not too comfortable in modern charismatic ministry is that we don't have sufficient healing testimonies for our spirit operations. We don't have and myself inclusive. That's why I am very irritated when I see many people brag about power just in the sense of that they can fall people down. I'm like don't be waiting what they find with this. Don't be waiting our papa uses thing to for this. I was listening to a video by Pastor Chris O'Jakulem and he said to so steal somebody come to me and said, T.L. what? I don't know the problem. When you pray for people, they get healed. But when I pray for people, they fall down. And said, because that's what you want. to you on to you according to your desire, you want people to fall down, they will fall down. So begin to channel your thought, desire to. I, I don't know, if they fall down, it's okay. But let them stand up healed. That must be your overwhelming desire. You must not feel anointed because before we fell down. Are you listening to me? Yes. I, I, I like pa- Pastor Paul and ministry. He falls down people very well, but uh, they will also be walking sticks as evidence. There will be wheelchairs empty as evidence. I like that one. So, I think we can begin to do more in placing a demand because the same only goes way for people that we can heal. But if our desire is just to fall down. So we are talking about faith for healing, not faith for falling down. When I was growing up as a Christian, I didn't fall down, I thought I had had a demon. Honestly. Somebody in church asked me, yesterday or so, I said, every time, I don't used to fall down. I don't know, what's my problem? (laughs) I said, I used to be like that too. I said, don't worry. How many of you are like that? <laughs> we gotta deal. We <laughs> yeah, no, You're know. But that's not now. Nah, that, those experiences are okay, and they are, if they come good, but that's not the ultimate end of supernatural encounters. I'm not against people that fall down. I'm not against good that don't fall down. No problem. But our conversation today is faithful. for oh. all. Wow. So here, let me show you this in Mark chapter 5, verse 25 to 34. It's about the issue of blood woman, the woman with the issue of blood. Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman which had an issue of blood, 12 years. Everybody say 12 years. 12 years. And I suffered many things of many physicians. Now, the phrase, suffered many things of many physicians meant that she went to physicians, but they could not help her. It didn't mean that the physicians were trying to suffer her. Some historians give a clue as to some of the things she suffered. In those days, medical knowledge was limited, of course. So sometimes there were a lot of trials and errors. One of the things they probably encouraged her to do was to sit down on a hot boiling pot to cure her own issue of blood. She suffered from the hands of doctors doctors were not trying to suffer. They were trying to help her. So I'm telling you, there are some things that we just cannot fix. So she suffered. And she spent all that she had. And she did not get better. But rather grew worse. When she had heard of Jesus, everybody say, head of Jesus. Head of Jesus. She came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall behold. We will continue the conversation later. But notice when she had heard of Jesus. If all she heard about Jesus is that Jesus is carrying people to heaven, she will not have faith for healing. So she heard that Jesus healed the sick. That Jesus fixed broken bones and broken bodies. And although our issue was quite peculiar, because prior to that time, there was no issue that was documented like this in the scriptures. But she had faith for healing because of what she heard so maybe there were rumors about jesus hey i feel heard the later that jesus did He said two blind men were crying and i just touched them and said be don't do your country your faith she heard hey, this man is alive and he's doing these things and he's in a place i can travel to she heard her hearing was what developed a faith if only you hear about Ben Carson. Give me the name of any other notable doctor. Do we still have notable doctors in the world? Apart from Ben Carson, I have personally any other notable doctor. But now some of you who are medical students, probably knows you know your guys, you know your professors and all. If you only hear of their exploits, but you have never heard of the exploits of Ken Hagen, of T.L. Osborne, of Chris Oyakhilome in healing ministries, you will not have faith for. Supernatural healing. You have faith for medication healing. Do you understand that? That's going to be a problem. So, hearing, hearing. Sometimes just go to YouTube. Don't go and be watching a uh, false prophet. Oh, many fake people. <laughs> I don't want to mention names because this message is going to YouTube. Somebody can sue me. <laughs> what <laughs> false prophet? There's one that other day that was raising a dead man. <laughs> Oh, actor and ambush? They movie over sweet. See this nonsense? <laughs> 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 the white man that was standing beside his feet was like, <laughs> the, you know, all the women in that, all the in that were like, hey, our God, our God, Papa, so, 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 so. The white man was using his printer. Can you add up, oh, <laughs> African? <laughs> Why Africa is really not just Africans? I've, I've seen testimonies of white people being deceived. I mean, the African false prophet that white people travel to come and meet. And I see hey. that. I. thought they said oh, we go get sense, but this thing is a global problem. <laughs> so what you can? There are people, Charles Francis Hunter. You watch the videos. It's not. You watch videos of arms growing out. It's not. Uh, it's not something that you read in a book. You see it like this. And you see other videos. There's one very popular one uh, in Brazil. The, the girl was obviously her legs were almost half of each other's, and then the man was praying. And you saw it, it was a recorded life. Thank of for technology that records this in life. It grew out. Like it's so when you see those kind of things, you have. When you hear and see those things, you have faith for supernatural healing. Are we clear on that now? Yes, sir. All right. Now, let me also say that um, receiving healing by faith is a bit different from... Sorry, my time is up here. It's a bit different from receiving healing by the anointing. Continue our conversation, please, in Mark chapter 5 of the woman with the issue of blood. When she heard of Jesus, came in the press behind and touched his garment. For she said, if I may touch but his clothes, I shall be whole. And straight away the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body. Everybody say felt in her body. This healing was a combination of healing by faith and healing by the anointing. I will show you why. She felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, the word virtue had gone out of him suggests a measure of the anointing was dispensed. I we together on that. While generally speaking, faith is to help you contact the anointing, there's a difference between receiving healing by faith and receiving healing by the anointing. The difference is that when you're receiving healing by faith, the work is more on your own end than on the person ministering to you. In fact, receiving healing by faith. You may not use a third party. You may not use another person. You may not use a pastor. You may not use an evangelist. You can by yourself be healed by faith. You can pray for yourself and receive healing on yourself, by yourself. But receiving healing by the anointing usually involves another person and involves certain actions such as the laying of hands or the pouring of the anointing oil. However, receiving healing by faith involves hearing, like I said. It also involves saying, it involves acting, and it involves receiving. That's the major work in receiving healing by faith. Receiving healing by faith involves hearing. I've spoken about that in previous minutes. It involves saying. So that woman, she heard about Jesus, and she said to herself, that's in verse 36 or 37 thereabouts, 26 or twenty-seven. Okay? She heard about Jesus, came in, pressed your hand and touched his garment. Verse 28. She said, everybody say she said. I've told you that faith, last week I told you that faith is like a seed and you plant it by speaking. Is that not so? Yeah. The mechanics of faith you see. You see. That's what she did here. If I may but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. She said. So, receiving healing by faith involves hearing, involves same. So you can say something like, once I get to, talk, to, to church, rather, the power of the Holy Ghost will overshadow me and I will be well. You can say that. That's your faith walk. Remember that faith without work is impotent. Is that not so? Yes, sir. It's not enough to say, I have faith for healing. You must put the faith to work. One of the works of faith you can do is to say, once they call the... Altar call for those who are sick, I will come out, and once I come out and I am touched, I will be healed. You can say you can be saying that. You can be saying that. You can say that before you come out. You can say, I will go and meditate on the scriptures. And I will meditate and say those scriptures of healing again and again and again. And once I say it for one hour, I'll be healed. You can say that. You must put that faith to work. Do you understand me tonight? Okay. So, hearing, saying, acting, and receiving. Your acting doesn't just stop at saying, because this woman, after she said, she now touched. Is that not so? She touched. So you can act also by touching, and touching many times is the shortest route to action. So you you may not necessarily have somebody touch you, you can touch yourself. You can say, when I lay hands on myself, I will be healed. You can say that. When I touch that place that is paining me, I will be healed. You can say that. All of those things make your faith more potent. And then, you must also receive. Receiving is not something somebody can do for you. The difference between receiving healing by faith and receiving healing by the anointing is often in this issue of receiving itself. Now, receiving healing by the anointing most times there's an evidence that the power of God has entered and is working there's an evidence and like i said that woman's healing was a combination of both because she felt in her body she was healed jesus also felt like virtue left him is that not so but receiving healing by faith often means that there may be no there will be no evidence so, faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence. So, when they ask you, what is your evidence, you say, my faith. So, let me give an example. It was Ken Reagan was sharing that some um, uh, sometime in his life, he woke up and half of his body was paralyzed. Half of his body was paralyzed. And although he could do some movements, but then, for instance, his left eye could not close, so he could not sleep. If he wants to sleep, you have to carry like this again this was paralyzed, his left face, he was talking with half of his mouth, he was lay. so he began to say and he began to act towards healing. One of the things he said was that he will go to church and that he will ask the pastor to anoint him with oil and that at that very moment where the oil touches his head, that's when he will be healed. And so he went and he was about to close the service and he said, please, 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 Please pray for me. He himself was a preacher, but he, he understood that what he wanted was a combination of faith and the anointing. So he said, "Let me just go there; they will pray for me." And he determined that when they pray for him, that's the moment he will be healed. Now, in your receiving healing by faith, you determine when you will be healed. What did the woman say? "If I can but touch his garment, I will be made an whole." Is that not so? Yeah. Did she say, "If I touch his garment"? the power of God will touch me and maybe later I will be healed. Did she say so? She determined the exact time she will be healed. She said, if I touch, I will be healed. So, Kenege went, they pray for him and then there was nothing. He didn't fall down. He didn't feel anything. And physically speaking, nothing changed. So when he got up, they said, how are you now? He said, I'm healed. They said, you're a liar. You are sitting like this. Look at your eyes. You're still paralyzed. How do you say you are healed? You say, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not lying. It is just the principle of faith. Remember, God called those things that be not as they were. That's the principle. So, in his even healing by the anointing, you will feel something. You will feel it. Usually, you, you, there will be a proof that you are healed. In his even healing by faith, there may be no tangible, natural proof that you are healed yet. How do you remember seeing you receiving healing by faith. Faith and by the anointing. Now, what happens when we receive by faith? You insist that once you acted and said, you are already healed. I am healed. Once the pastor prayed for me, I'm healed. I'm healed. And then you now, by calling, like I demonstrated last week with Brother Toby, you call. I am healed. I am healed. The thing now becomes visible and tangible. In the process of time. Do you understand that now? Yeah. And let me just say this. This is not just a healing principle. It's also a sickness principle. Do you know that many people are sick but it's not showing in their body? Your the sickness may be growing. It's not showing yet. Until you do a test and check, you may not know what's there. There are many invisible forces at work. So just because somebody is not looking visibly healed, it does not mean it's not healed. Are you following me? Someone is not healed. So, if you are going to walk with faith, and the best way to practice this is, no, don't involve anybody. You can say, I'll pray in the spirit, gather some faith confessions, and you can tell yourself, once I eat my next meal, I'll be healed. You can tie the healing to your eating. I say, this food is going to be the point of contact. I'm going to take it like I'm taking the communion. Once I eat this meal, I will be healed. And when you eat that meal, it may not, it doesn't mean immediately you start sweating. But you maintain your confession. I am healed. Not I will be healed. Not I am being healed. I am healed. When did you get healed? When I eat the meal. Are you getting it now? Yeah. That's how faith by or healing by faith happens. Then the more you say it and affirm it and glorify God, then you are calling those things that be not as good well, as the well. word. The more it now becomes tangible in your body. Is that clear? Can yes, again also got healed from? A childhood sickness, death experience in this manner. One of the one reason reasons Kennedy is very strong on faith. He's strong on the anointing, but he, he believes faith is the almighty formula. Because he was rescued by, from death by faith, not by the anointing. Um, he was sick, he died three times, went to hell three times, and escaped. Because God will have him escape. And then the fourth time he died, he went to heaven. And he clearly explained that. You see, that's why when people die, they know where they are going. All those statements that suggest when somebody dies, they will now open book and that they will be checking the matches he borrowed and they know not they return. It's not true. If somebody is going to hell, he descends. If somebody is going to heaven, he ascends. It's simple. It's, it's to be obvious. Person will know where he's going immediately. Are we getting it now? Yes. Sir. So three times he descended. He, then he, the third time, he. Got saved, said the sinner's prayers, believed in Jesus, and he died again. But this time he ascended, and then he, he came back to life again. Anyway, he was very sick. It was an incurable blood disease. The doctors had given up on him, and all of that. His pastors had giving up on him. They told him, in fact, they asked him what song would you want to sing on your funeral day. They had asked him. They had already prepared the order of program for his funeral. Which clothes would you want to wear that day? That already he, had, he was preparing for burial. <laughs> so when he got saved, he began to read the Bible. And he read whatever things you desire. When you pray, believe that you have them, and you shall have them. So he said, Does this scripture mean what it says? And then the Holy Spirit convinced them, yes, it meant it. So he says, Okay, I want I desire. Now your desire for healing is legit. Are you listening to me? Desiring to be healed is not carnal. Say, I focus on heaven, focus on heaven. Walk a day for this world. So, he began to appropriate that scriptures. And then the Holy Spirit said, well, do you believe what you read? He said, yes, I believe. He said, act on it now, act on it. If you believe that you are facing healing, then stop acting like you are sick. So what do I do? He said, Calm down. He had not come down from a sick bed in weeks. He had not used his legs in weeks. So come down ah, come down okay it's okay see so me the bible says when you pray whatever things you desire believe that you have them then you shall have them I thought you that last week, did that not yes sir so sorry, let me even try to see what it looks like when he dropped on the floor he was so dizzy he collapsed <laughs> because he had not walked in weeks, but he picked himself up and when a he took one step I took another step and came down because when his siblings saw him, they shouted, "What? You're supposed to be on your dead bed. Why are you walking?" And that was the beginning of his his perfect health. He died at age, eight, whether 83 or so or 86. Nobody prayed for him. You just saw the scriptures. This is the scripture that I explained to you. He just read it and said, "Ah, is the Bible joking?" Say if they want me. When you pray, believe that you have them, and you shall have them. I, I, I you go. Say in they want me. He said, no, not true. Yeah. <laughs> but if not true, act on arm. Act. Put your faith to work. And he said, okay, let me we'll see what the worst. So we when he said, what the worst have happened. And that's how we eat that. From, that happened when he was 16. From 16 to 83, that's what I was thinking. Nobody prayed for him. Nothing. Are you following me now? But when it comes to the anointing, it doesn't work like that. And sometimes it's the combination of Boots that brings back So if you try faith, it does not work. You can try the anointing method. The anointing method, usually, you can, you can consistently act on it. So you have tried faith, it's not working. And I'll tell you why that happens next week. Why faith fails. You try the anointing method. The anointing method, you cannot be saying things like, I am already healed, when you are doing the anointing method. Because that one works with it immediate, tangible results. So, if you are not healed, you come again for prayers. You keep coming till you get it. That's how it works. But for faith, you say it once, you act on it once, and the next thing is confession and thanksgiving. That's all. Do you understand me? Yeah. So, I would recommend for so-called small diseases, use your faith for healing. For things that you can things that are not necessarily overwhelming. You are not in a sick bed, you have a cramp, you have an headache. Use faith for healing at that point. Don't call me, don't call my name. Are we getting it? Yes, sir. All right, all right all right. let me we don't have much time, so I, I may not start but let me just see if I can just run through this. Okay. let's go into Faith for finances in 10 minutes or ten minutes. When you listen to the next week's summons, you understand every other thing I've not said. Don't worry for finances, or supernatural provision. Now, just because sinners are rich does not mean that God does not bless people supernaturally. Somebody say, ah, Dango is not a Christian. Yes. He's a religious man in Nigeria, or is he in Africa. I don't know. But it does not mean that God does not provide supernaturally for his people. It's because unbelievers have certain treasures, certain riches or wealth. It does not mean that wealth only asks us to matter material principle. It's not true. It's not true. When Israel was coming out of Egypt, God told them, Go and borrow vessels from your masters. And that was the first way, that was the first wealth transfer that happened. The, the Egyptians gave their vessels to the Jews. And then that was used to rebuild, or that was used to build the terminal that Moses was constructing. Elijah was fed by ravens. Is that natural or supernatural? The The Jews were fed with manna in the wilderness. Is that natural or supernatural? The widow's oil did not stop flowing until the jerukhan expired. Is that natural or supernatural? (laughs) Jesus picked money from the mouth of a fish. Is that natural or supernatural? (laughs) So, supernatural provision is everywhere in scriptures. You cannot say, ah, it's just money only answers to natural labor. That's not true. All right. But I want you to notice something provision in scriptures, financial supplies in scriptures, was. Only to meet basic needs. Hello. Basic needs. I don't have school fees to pay. Basic need. I don't have food to eat. Basic need. I don't have clothes to wear. Basic need. I don't have money for a scholarship. Basic need. Or money for an academic program. Basic need. Every time you see supernatural intervention for supplies, it was not for grids. It was not even for, let me, just, let me use the word, it was not for desires. Like, I've seen many people who do these things on the internet. Top, top 10 richest men. Number one. Who is number one? Whoever it is. Number two. The number inside their name, number seven. Did a lot of my net worth, $65 billion. It's not fit. That's not fit. That's not fit. Pastor David media handler said, my father say anything you type, he will give it. You not know, type. One million dollars. That's not fit. That's not fit. Is that your need? Talk to Is that your need? Talk I'm not against wealth, but many times people don't know how to separate needs from greed. Ah. So, my God, just type, type, I receive my faith, I receive my faith. Many times people say, I receive my faith, and when you hear what they are receiving, you know this one is just greedy. greedy. Do you have needs? Yes, the Bible says, whatsoever things you desire, but that's why the conversation begins with you knowing that the conversation in that verse was to disciples who are not looking for money to go to Dubai on holiday. So people who are sold their soul to the gospel, sold their life to the gospel. So if Jesus says whatever things you desire, they cannot kind of desire, they will need, or they will ask. It's not i I'm just thinking, if I can just see, if I can just see 10 million dollars like this, make I, make I go, what? make I do what I need. I want to do society wedding. I'm trusting looking for 10 million, 10 million, dollars to do society wedding. That's not a need. That's a lust. Are you following me? Yeah supernatural provision is not for lust. It's for need. Every time you see God move like that supernaturally to provide, to give money, it is that. Basic need must be met. Somebody was hungry, he needed to eat. Somebody did clothes on his back. That's what we're talking about. Somebody did have tax to pay in the case of Jesus and Peter. So please note that. Now, I've listened to the experts. I'm not an expert. I'll tell you that. I'm not an expert. But I've listened to the experts and what they have said It's the same principle. Never confess lack. Shaka, they do me. Never confess lack. That's how you trigger the force of finances. Faith for finances cannot work when you're always confessing lack. Are you getting me? It doesn't mean if I ask you how much in your account, you say, by faith, one million dollars. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. And I don't think a statement like, I am very rich, is the right approach to. But, you know, some people only announce when they are broke. They don't announce when they are comfortable. They will now grab a meme, picture, and post it on their status. Red, my accounts now, red. When money enters, you don't know, go tell us. You go to Chama in peace, nobody will know. So if you are always quick to proclaim lack, proclaim, I don't have, your faith for finances cannot work. Because once again, saying and hearing is all part of the faith equation. Are we clear on that? Please also know that supernatural provision happens often through people. That means your value for people and the way you treat people is very key to experiencing consistent financial supernatural supplies. Elijah was fed by ravens at the point. Subsequently God raised a widow to feed him. A widow. So part of your faith work in Faith for Finance is to value people. Not because of what you get from them. To treat people right, to walk in love. Because the day God wants to send somebody to you, you will be keeping manners with the person. Are you following me? God touched somebody's heart and said, I'm blessed, that person. But the last time that person spoke to you, you said, this Mumu. You will be Mumu. Yes, I called you Mumu. So that person will say, God, and you will send another person. No, I'm not going. Me will not there. And this, in fact, this is why many times delays happen and some supplies that God has ordained. Because the relationship you have with some people is not strong enough for them to know, this is God talking to me. Let me just, let me just get it out. God will not send money down. That's not his order. That's not his uh, method. What he does is that he touches people. But if you are not in touch with people, now sometimes he uses strangers, but many times he uses familiar people, that also means that you must have a, 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 good, a good attitude what people, for instance, that have in previous times been a blessing to you. Your father is paying your school fees yet, you don't respect him, because he's not a rich man. You don't honor him. In the day you say, God bless me, God bless me, if you are still dependent on your your parents, God will answer the prayer by blessing your parents. When parents start learning how to pray, and he says, Father bless me, at five, who will God give the money to? His parents now. Even if they give you money, I will collect it. I say, you, are not, you cannot owe money. You are too young for that. Do you understand how it works now? So if you don't understand the place of strategic relationship, and saying say, pay for finance, pay for finance, it doesn't work like that. It's not going to happen like that. If you don't love your parents, for instance, or your guidance, and they're saying, God bless me, God bless, and they are the channels that God has been using before, but you don't love them, or you don't respect them, or you don't value them, nah, you may not get so much. Not because God is not giving much, but because your faith work is deficient in terms of you being positioned with relationships that are going to be channels to receive the blessing. Are we clear on that? Two more things here. Walk. God blesses walk, not idleness. So walk. When you walk, you position yourself to experience the blessing of God that is supernatural. Peter was not idle when he was fishing. He had a boat, he had nets. net. Jesus said, let down a net for a drought. Imagine Peter said, I don't get What's he going to use my hand, you go let down. You must have a working tool. There must be something you are doing. You can't be saying financial, for financial, faith for financial, and there's something you are doing. God will answer your prayer by sending customers. That's his pattern, that's his method. But God, customers for what? Now, I am in the ministry, and to an extent, God says to me that I like customers. God says well to me that I have problems. And I, by, the, by the time I use my wisdom to fix the problems, they want to bless me. So have something you are doing. Peter had a boat. Peter had a net. That was why Jesus could tell him, let down your net for a drought. Alright. One last point here. Develop a generous attitude towards others generosity to others is an expression of faith that God will cater for your needs. You cannot believe that God will care for you and not take care of others. One of the reasons why I'm liberal, and I've practiced this since I became born again, is because I believe that well, if God takes care of me, I can take care of other people. I, I, I don't have a problem taking care of whatever. Because I believe that God will take it away. So it's a proof, it's an exercise of faith. It's a trigger of faith to be generous with your money. What a stingy person is saying is that God will not give me anything. So this is more where I get. Now for me. That's what that woman did. When Elijah told her, see Elijah now, this is your last card meal, give it to me. The proof of her faith was that. It's my last meal. But I believe that God will take care of me because I've made a prophet. So I'm giving it out. Will take care of me. I'm not saying you should carry your school fees and on so dangerous, seed. Now deliverance I could do for you. That's what I'm saying. I'm saying you have five hundred naira, it's offering time. You can say, Well, I'll give fifty naira out of it. God will cater for me. What this is never nice said, can he buy, can he pay what, it's only free what I can buy. So I'll give you That's how a fit man talks. But a man that does not walk by faith says, ah, one cobo. no, we'll not give shishi for this. Agenda. That is money I won't use for the weak. That's how unbeliever's talk. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes, faith people are generous. So. Uh, they're, they're not generous because they have much. I can say for a I'm a generous person, not because I have much. Sometimes I was in a conversation with the pastor and he was asking me, he said, how do you cope? I said, yeah. I mean, caring for people is just something I must, it's sure that I believe that God will care for me. God will care, God will care for me. And God has not me. Let me tell you something. Every, every, and next year I will do it again. Every single year I decide to increase my offering. There has been never a regret about it. There's an amount I give every service. And I, it's not something that, I don't give according to what I, what I have in my pocket. I tell myself, this is what I will give. So I look for it. When I have excess, I separate my offerings. This is my offering. Every single time I've increased the amount, I say, I'm no more giving this, I'll be giving this. I've always had. So giving is an act of faith. Are you following me? Don't yeah. say I have to finance? I have to finance and you don't give? No. Nah. That's a contradiction. That's that for today's class. We trust that you've been blessed by this teaching. We look forward to receiving your testimonies, prayer requests, and feedback. You can send us a mail at judahmaye at yahoo.com. That is, J-U-D-A-H-M-A-Y-E at yahoo.com. Till next time, remain in the consciousness of God's word and power. Thank you.